first application, first interview, and the first phone call, it was just like a dream. So I went back to work and pretty much immediately handed my notice in because I know that this job was, was coming up fairly soon. In between me writing the, the, the letter, a situation happened at work and it just reminded me of why I was leaving, shall we say. It was almost poetic in the, in, the, in the fact that I was writing my resignation letter at the same time of having this ridiculous situation occurring. And the relief of me writing the letter was, was just incredible. It really was. If you're a police officer or currently working in law enforcement and you're considering your career, you're in the right place. I'm your host, Andy Labrum. Welcome to the Blue Light Leavers podcast. So today I'm talking to Paul Killingley. Now, Paul is a member of Blue Light Leavers, and he's also one of our success stories. Uh, and during this interview, he talks about what he's currently doing, and he gives some um, background into what he was doing previously in policing, and what his catalysts were for change, the things that were going on in his life and uh, within the job that made him realise that he really did need to look elsewhere. He talks through uh, the process that we went through, and he talks through our meetings and uh, the importance of quality CV and the networking and how he felt when he was applying for a job. He talks through the interview process, that phone call that he got to say that he was successful, handing in his resignation, and his transition into his new role. He also talks about the lessons learned and the benefits of moving away from policing. Now, don't forget, you can also um, access the webinar where I'm doing some free online training, and I'll put the link in the show notes so you can access that. Let's go over to Paul now. Hi, Paul. Great to have you here, and uh, thanks so much for agreeing to be interviewed for the Blue Light Leavers podcast. It's um, it's a great thing to have you here, and uh, so Thank thanks you. for agreeing to do it. Good to meet you again. Um, so, just really want to hear about your story, and um, we'll start with what you're doing now, and then we'll go back to the beginning and, and what happened. So just tell us a little bit about yourself and what you're up to. Okay, um, well, obviously, my name's Paul Kinningley. Um, <clears throat> I'm now three weeks into my new career. Um, as a project manager. So although I've run projects before, called them operations, but run projects before, um, I'm now in a proper project management role um, in the deep end, if you like, so learning a lot, um, massive steep learning curve, but uh, excited and enjoying it so far. Amazing. So talk us through what you were doing before and, uh, and your, your career prior to becoming a project manager. Okay, um, so I was in the police uh, for best part of 20 years. And in the police, I, uh, I was in various different roles. So I started out um, obviously on the beat uh, and then went into neighborhood policing for a while, um, went into uh, local CID um, and some surveillance work when I was in that, in that department. Uh, I then got myself promoted to, to sergeant. Uh, did a spell in the control room, so um, dealing with things like pursuits and that sort of that sort of thing, authorising that, making sure that we were responding to the instances they were coming in properly, um, and did a fair amount of time um, as a shift sergeant. I then got a role as a detective, uh, detective sergeant, and did that for about five, uh, five or six years before I was promoted again to inspector. Uh, and as an inspector, I was a DI, uh, I was Oscar One or um, Force Incident Manager and Tactical Firearms Commander. So I was leading the, the firearms response to uh, whatever was coming in. Uh, I had some amazing jobs that came in during that time. Um, we backed up the Met with a couple of terrorist incidents that were happening. Uh, I was on for when Grenfell fire took place. So obviously we had to, had to support the Met again with that. 
um, and just learnt a lot dealing with people at different levels. So briefing upwards as well as briefing downwards. Mm. Um, got a lot of um, uh, a lot of learning from 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 that. Uh, and throughout my time, I was dealing with operations. So um, whether it was uh, starting up an operation, identifying a problem needed solving, that sort of thing. Um, and I just really enjoyed going from a problem to a solution and all the steps that you needed to take along the way. Brilliant. So what was the catalyst for you then? What um, what was occurring in your life and, and at work? And why did you suddenly decide, or was it suddenly, in fact, that you made a decision to to leave or okay. look outside of policing? Yeah, so um, it, it was probably around the time that I was trying to get promoted to inspector. Um, so probably seven years ago now, um, I was told by uh, by my, my commander, by all the people around me, that I was ready for promotion. Um, so I, um, I I'd done everything I needed to do, followed all the all the steps you need to take, uh, and filled in what I considered was a good application. It was supported um, very well by my my senior officers, uh, but I got paper sifted. And uh, I, so I spoke to my commander afterwards, and he said, "Look, I can't believe it. We ended up appealing, going through the motions." Three applications later, I finally get a um, an interview, and I passed the interview first time round. So that process took three years. So from the from the decision to to become promoted to actually getting an interview board and and finally passing the promotion was three years out of my life, and it just took over completely. Took over. I was um, I started to doubt myself. Um, I started to question my abilities even though everyone around me was telling me good things and I was getting good feedback and um, good reviews and all the rest of it, um, I just I just totally doubt myself purely because of the process. So I realised how much of an impact it was having on my family and unfortunately around the same time we were going through a difficult patch anyway, whether it was job related or, or whatever, um, and we ended up getting, um, getting divorced. And that was... That was a difficult time in my life. I was struggling at work, obviously, with my confidence and all the rest of it. So I thought to myself, right, something's got to change here. You know, um, I love my job. I, I love doing, you know, being a police officer and all the rest of it. Um, but it's just not working for me in terms of my mental health, in terms of my confidence levels, that sort of thing. Um, so, so it was probably about five years ago that I said to myself, well, you know, if I can't get, if, if I can't succeed in this then I need to start looking elsewhere. I've got a friend of mine who, uh, who who's quite senior in an organisation and, and, and we talk quite regularly. He's actually part of this group, Blue Light Levers Group. Um, and that's when I started talking to him about what's out, what's out there, what's outside of, um, you know, what could I be looking at, that sort of thing. And one key thing that he always said to me was, businesses want people who are good communicators. That is what they're looking at. And, and he was a massive advocate of the police because, as he quite rightly said, there's no other, or there, there are other um, uh, types of work, but, but there's, there's very few careers where you have to talk to people on such a different level on a day-to-day basis, people in crisis, people host, uh, in hostile situations, negotiating, decision-making, that sort of thing. And that is one of the real true skills that you have to have as a police officer and that is the one of the true skills that organisations are, are crying out for. People who can communicate, communicate their plan, communicate their decisions um, across the board. Mm-hmm. 
Um, so that yeah, so that was a start point about five years ago. But then I got promoted and 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 sort of refound my love of the job, if you like. Um, but the pressures of working shift work as a as a force incident manager, um, responding to quite serious critical um, situations on a day to day basis, and that sort of drip drip effect of being shattered the whole time, dealing with high level decision making. Uh, high pressure environment just really took its toll on me um, and I realized that actually you know that enough's enough I need to find something else um, that works that fits in with my work-life balance um, being divorced I had limited time when I could see my children and that was precious to me but the police took it away you know the because you you know you were needed in you couldn't you couldn't go home early you couldn't work from home doing that job um, so it really impacted on my work life, uh, on my home life. Sorry, too much. So I thought actually I need to find a change. Mm. So what did you do? Um, so again, so so five years ago, I had that conversation with with, with my uh, with my good friend, uh, and and I opened up that conversation again. Uh, that was probably back in July, maybe June this year. So six seven months ago, and he said, "Look, I know this. I know this guy. He's ex cop." Um, he knows uh, he, he's been through what you've been through, albeit he's he, he's re- he retired, um, and he's setting up this this group. Why don't you have a co- why don't you have a conversation with him, have a coffee with him, and see what he can uh, see how he can help you. So yeah, so he gave me the number, sent a text to Annie Lebrun yourself, obviously, <laughs> uh, and within two days we, we, we were meeting. We were sitting down having a Costa uh, coffee in Costa Costa and coffee, um, and. Just chatting about where where I where I am, my journey, mm-hmm. pretty much what I've just said there, um, and what I was looking for because I had literally no idea what I wanted to do after the police. Yeah, it was really interesting. I remember that that first chat that we had, and and you had no idea. Yeah. It was literally like you know, I know I'm ready to go. I just don't know how to go about doing it or what it is that I want to do. And obviously by that stage, you know, I've been quite fortunate to help a few people and obviously I've done it myself as well. So it was great to be able to sit down with you and and then, you know, sort of give you a bit of a steer. But um, let's go through that a little bit. What, yeah, you know, well, what we did. I, I mean, the, the fun, fundamentally, what you brought was authenticity because you've been there and done it. So you've been through the police, you understand the terminology, you understand the pressures, the um, politics that are involved in... Uh, in the police and the difficulty, you know, and the and the fact that you feel a bit constrained by the pension and and you're having, you know, um, so so that's the first step. So I was talking to somebody who knew what I was saying. You know, I didn't have to explain myself in in, in great detail. You 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 had it already. Um, <clears throat> so, but it was scary. You know, walking into in, into the meeting with yourself. Not that I was scared of you at all because you're, you're a nice guy. But but it, it's more the walking into the unknown you know what what do i expect from this conversation you know what what is there out there um i've heard of things like project management risk management you know security all these different things but what is the nuts and bolts of these different um these different jobs what would i um what would my skills best suit if you like um so so during our conversation you know that was very relaxed very informal um you came up with a few ideas, you know, you said, look, this is, you, you, you've got these types of skills. Have you thought about project management? Have you thought about um, consultancy, various different, um, various different uh, fields of work? 
and of course I hadn't really given it much thought. I was I was complete blank canvas when it came to what I wanted to do. So that was part of the thing. That that was part of the structure of our meeting was you sent me some some um, tasks to do. You sent me away and almost like homework. And um, sorry, and, no, it's, it's absolutely fine. <laughs> I, had, I had no issue with it at all. Um, but you but you sent me away with some ideas, and that that was the that was the key. That was the that was a real start point, and it's a it's a very straightforward start point. But unless you have somebody there to say, right, this is what you need to do. You need to go away and research these different jobs, mm. research these different, um, and and see what floats your boat, really. Yeah. Um, so that's what we did, and we met again about two weeks later. Mm-hmm. So I came I came back with the information that I'd I, I'd researched. Yeah, and I think um, if you remember that first conversation as well, that you know the first part of that was, it is a bit cliched, I know, but it was very much around your reason why. Because there are, you know, I've met lots of people, and and I've been there as well, where you know you want to move on, but it's not quite painfully enough yep. for you to actually do something about it. Whereas you're in, you're in a different position. You know, you were, you were clear that it was a good time to move on. The time was right for you, all the life events and everything else, and it was yep. the right time for you to move on. So, but 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 what you what you made me do is actually. I went away and wrote down the reason why, mm. uh, and you can have it in your head. You, mm. you you know the you know the issues, but until you actually write it down, almost like the pros and cons of leaving Absolutely. or moving on, um, and and actually you you need that understanding um, for when you come to the application stage of any job. You need to know why you're leaving, what you're in, mm. you know, and and police are seen as a career. You know, I'm leaving early. Um, I, I had ten years of service left to do, and you have to have a clear understanding of the why um uh, yeah uh, uh, right at the very start if you don't then you know then you need to have a proper sit down and think about it Mm -hmm. what i really enjoyed about meeting with you as well was that um real deep dive that we did into what you'd actually done the type of because you were you were quite generic around the roles if you like but when i actually sort of dug a bit deeper and went well what did that involve and and how do you go about doing that and who else was involved? Were the third parties involved? Were outside yeah. agencies and you know and that collaborative? And so you start for me. I was starting to look at okay, you know, is this someone who wants to be a detective? You know, or is going to fraud that sort of stuff with that detective background? Is this someone who's worked with different agencies and set things up? And and you know, your background actually, when we really dug deep, was perfect for project management, and it yeah. just it cried out for you to head in that direction. You know? so it, it's, it's, it's something that as as police officers, we're very poor at, and that's selling ourselves, mm-hmm. and actually, underst- we, we, we don't like taking credit for what we've done, um, but we need to see it in a different way. We need to see, actually, you're, you're just describing what you do in, in a deep, on a deeper level, um, and you know, whenever I've whenever I've done um, internal applications and all the rest of it, that's always been the feedback, so I undersell myself. Um, where that comes from, whether it's culturally or whatever, it's just, I think it is pretty endemic in the in in the um, police force, especially. I'm not sure about other agencies, but um, but certainly in the police force. But it's crucial, and I've actually quite enjoyed selling myself for the first time. You know, it's it's not a bad thing. It's, it doesn't hurt. You know, you can be honest, you can be open, and 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 that's all. That's all that it takes, really. Mm. Is just be honest and open about what you've done, and properly reflect on how you've influenced the situation, how you've influenced the task or the objective or whatever. Mm. Um, 
and yeah, as you, as you say, it, it does seem to fit fit well within the uh, within the project manager world. So yeah, it's, yeah, it's, it's prime great. for that. So we met a couple of weeks later. Could you remember what you went through at that? Second yeah. Week? So so the next the next one. So obviously we discussed the fact that I like the idea of of project management, and um, quite a lot of that that second meeting was really about okay. So I've been a police officer twenty years. Um, I've got internal qualifications within the police. Um, how will that translate into an application form? Because because um, another thing that you asked me to do is have a look at some adverts, you know, some job adverts. Um, and they all said, oh, you need prints too, or you need this, you need that. Um, and I didn't have any of those. I, I didn't have any of those qualifications that organisations would understand instantly. You know, I could talk about the, what I've done, but I, I couldn't prove it in, in paper, tick the box, if you like. Um, so I was very keen to find out what can I do now before I've actually even started applying for jobs or looking to apply for jobs that would fill in those blanks, those blank spaces. So you went through the options and you gave me quite a lot of information regarding, um, yeah, the Prince 2 and there's other project methodologies out there that, that you know, that may or may not suit that sort of thing. Um, so, so again, these, these were all tasks that you set me that, um, or, or that we worked through together that we worked out. Um, and so, uh, so that was part of the second meeting, and the second part was CV. Mm. Was actually right. Write yourself a CV. Do your first draft. You know, send it to a few friends or whatever, and send it back to you. And you gave me some. You gave me a bit of a steer on on how to lay out a CV because it's very different to internal applications within the police. The CV is your effectively your application, if you like, uh, all about you. And so you gave me a structure to work towards. Um, so I went away and, and, you know, completed the task, if you like, uh, with some help from some friends, some colleagues who uh, were in um, recruitment. Um, so I came back, showed you the CV. Yeah, so it's good, you said, um, but it's still quite policey. Um, and, um, and and it's probably not geared up enough to the to the type of work you want to do. Um, so you put me in touch with Charlotte Eve. Um, Charlotte Eve obviously has um, is part of the Blue Light Levers, and I think she's done a podcast. Um, and she was great. She was so supportive, um, and she turned around my CV um, within a within less than a week, uh, and that was brilliant. And, and and what came out of it, I was reading it. It's like is that is that actually me? And of course it was, it was, it, everything was me. It was just me selling myself proper, effectively and writing in a language that would get through the algorithms of, of different, um, mm. I had no idea this even existed, the algorithms. Mm. So you can be paper sifted effectively by a computer okay. before anybody's read it if you haven't got the right things yeah. in there. Happy tracking system. Uh, yeah, and, and, and that's, that, that's all news to me. That's not, you know, so that's, that's why going to, to somebody with her <clears throat> skills really can benefit you to get the, the CV absolutely right and get it right first time rather than learning the, the hard way by chucking it out and getting rejected 50 times. Absolutely. My first one went out and I, and I got an interview. So Brilliant. So that first application, how did you feel when you were applying and, um, you know, the process itself? How did you find all that? Yeah, so so the process itself was um, was a real eye-opener compared to what you have to go through in the, in the police. Um, it was just... I don't want to say relaxed because it was very formal. It was a, it was a proper process, um, but I was able to be me for the first time in an interview and actually sit down and and, and say what I was like. But but going back a few steps, um, you were there for me throughout that process, which is 
which was brilliant. Um, I didn't necessarily need my hand holding, but I needed to understand what the what the differences were between internal police interviews and the process um, externally. Um, and that gave me the confidence to yeah, write the CV, um, write the application, um, speak to the, the recruiting managers, you know, ha- have, have a coffee just to find out obviously what, what the job's about, find out a little bit more about that sort of work. Um, and how, uh, so, so part of the interview process, sorry, was a um, presentation. And again, presentations in, in police interviews are very rare, so I wasn't experiencing that. You gave me some tips and advice on how to how to do a presentation um, in an inter- for an interview, um, and it, it all just felt really smooth. And the transition, you know, the the uh, the learning I got from you was not forced. It was not rushed. It was just so do this, okay, tick done. Do this, tick. And, and I just went through that smooth flow of, uh, of going from meeting you to interview um, like a breeze. Yeah, oh, Amazing. And um, I'm just going to take you back a step as well. And um, it's actually the importance of networking. And actually we've, we've, ta- we've talked about it in, in other podcasts as well. And, and Jamie's spoken about it in his podcast, Jamie Davis. And he talks about reaching out to those that are actually posting the job. And, and that worked really well for yeah. you, didn't it? Yeah, it certainly did. So, so... My view on networking, I think probably shared across certainly a lot of colleagues in the police, um, was brown nosing, arse kissing. Um, it was it was kind of a dirty word in my uh, in my world. And the people who network tend to be um, not the people you expect to get the jobs, but tended to get the jobs because of their networking ability. Um, but from 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 that initial conversation with my friend who put me in touch with you, you put me in touch with Charlotte Eve and, and so my network spread, um, I realised actually it's just about conversations. It's just about having a cup of coffee, being honest and saying, look, I don't, I'm, I'm not sure what to do. You know, what, what, what can you suggest? Mm-hmm. Um, that, I, I've realised the benefit of networking as a result of meeting you and, and, and meeting your network, if you like, and, the Blue Light Levers network is is a prime example of that. It's just putting up an idea or saying this is what I've done or, you know, I'm here if you want some advice. It's it's as simple as that. It really is. And so networking is no longer a dirty word in my book. And and I certainly um, I certainly advocate everyone to, you know, find somebody that inspires you. Go and speak to them. Find out how to do it. How to, you know, how how they've done it. Um, speak to people who are doing the jobs that you're interested in doing. Just have a coffee with them. Just Definitely. have a chat. Definitely. No more than that. Yeah, it makes such a difference. It really does. Um, and your interview went well. Clearly. Yeah, the the, the interview, um, and you know, and, and I, I know why it went well. And it went well because I walked in there confidently. I walked in there and I was myself. And those two combined, before I've been into interviews and I've crumbled, I've crumbled at the first question because I felt like I needed to be somebody else. I needed to be that person that they were looking for, whatever. Um, but from the advice that you've given me and other people in the network have given me, it's about actually, they're looking for people who can communicate effectively, mm. uh, who can be honest and open and, and, and get things done. And I just walked in there and said, right, that's me. I know it's me. This is who I am. This is what I'm about. And it, ju- it just went so smoothly. Um, not because I'm brilliant in interviews, just because I was in that confident place that I knew that I could, I could do this. Fantastic. And do you remember 
we spoke about the different type of interview responses and how to structure your interview. And yeah, so... And we also so, went through... Go on, you go, sorry. No, no, no. No, we also went through a few woo-woo bits as well, didn't we? A bit sort of about around mindfulness and around visualisation and positive self-talk. And, 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 and well. actually, um, <clears throat> the, the mindfulness bit is underrated. I think if you... Before an interview, if you can just, you know, that, that, that panic where you're fumbling with your buttons, your shirt buttons and doing your tie and you're all nervous, if you can just give yourself an extra half an hour to have a walk, clear your head, you know, enjoy what's around you rather than focusing on, am I going to make an idiot of myself in this interview? Am I going to, you know, what am I going to say? How am I going to come across? Your hands get sweaty. If you can just give yourself half an hour to enjoy what's around you and take yourself away from the worry and the and the anxiety and all the rest of it, um, you will do far better. You will be far more yourself in that interview than you, you can spend hours and weeks and months studying and putting your head in the books and learning everything you think you need to know. But actually, it's how you come across in the interview. That's what people are looking for: is people to come across in the interview confidently, be themselves, and you know that's ultimately what what, what people are looking for. Yeah, and those first few seconds as you walk through the door, and that first impression is massive yeah. as well. So on on the da- on the day, it was it was it was brilliant. I turned up and um, I, I called through reception to the person interviewing me, and uh, the interviewer came down and said, "Oh, we were expecting a girl." So HR unfortunately had managed to get our um, change the interview times round. So I was a day early. <laughs> And I was not the right sex for the interview, and it was so. So that actually completely broke the ice. So it was brilliant. brilliant. It was like that. Yeah. Okay. So <laughs> that's not the best of starts, but you just crack on, don't you, and, and get through it. Love it. Um, so you then got the phone call. The phone call. I got the phone call, which was uh, you know they're, they're always a little bit out of the but although I was expecting it was a bit out of the blue, and it was just you know. First, first application, first interview, and the first phone call. It was, it was just like a dream. It was, it was, it was that, uh, that that feeling of oh my god, it's actually happened. You know, it's actually happened. I had to pinch myself. You know, that's that. It was that sort of feeling. This that, bleep got real, basically. Sorry, that bleep got real. Yeah, this, absolutely. This. <laughs> and and I remember speaking to you, and it's like that. Oh my god, it is actually real. And quite rightly, you said to me, you know, that's it was brilliant. You were delighted, and all the rest of it. And until you actually start, you know, that things can still happen. Obviously, they and they do happen. Jobs can get pulled, and all the rest of it. But but actually, the pride of getting through that that uh, that period, you know, even if even if the job did get pulled or whatever, I still know, I, that still would have given me the confidence to go on to the next one, and the, you know, and, and the next one, and. I feel very lucky. I feel very, you know, um, fortunate to for that to have happened, but it just felt like it was meant to be, and and the process was just so smooth. It was it, it was brilliant. So you went back to work, and yeah, so I went back to work and pretty much immediately handed my notice in because I know that um, this this job was was coming up fairly soon, uh, and I wrote the I, I wrote the letter, and. Um, in, in between me writing the the, the letter, um, a situation happened at work, and uh, it just reminded me of why I was leaving. Shall we say um, there, there was an internal wranglings going on that was just ridiculous, and it was almost it was almost poetic in the in the in the fact that I was writing my resignation letter at the same time of having this ridiculous situation occurring, and the relief of me writing the letter was 
was just incredible. It really was. Um, so, so the letter part wasn't wasn't um, wasn't particularly massive. But when I went in and spoke to my boss, my line manager, who I worked with for uh, previously on quite a you know a, a, a very successful operation, if you like, um, she was nearly in tears, and she said, you know, we had sort of seven, eight years ago, it was the best time in both our careers. We had such a good laugh because we were doing, we were, we were being so successful, just enjoying our work and having fun and everything was just working perfectly. Um, and, and yet now here we are, she's knackered, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm resigning. And she said, uh, she said something which was, which was really good. She said, if, um, if I didn't, uh, agree with what you were doing I would try and prevent you from leaving because I want you to work for this company but I think you're doing the absolute right thing you mm-hmm. know for you and your family and all the rest of it and that was great you know it's it's you, you kind of want to be encouraged to say you want to be you know I oh, don't leave you know we need you this that, and the other but actually for somebody to say no I think you're making the right decision um, just gives you that yeah yeah that's good that's, that's massive isn't it yeah and um, and other colleagues, the sort of reaction you have from a few other colleagues. Yeah, so so um, I, I found it quite difficult actually the last month because people were coming up to me and go, I can't believe you're leaving. You know, I thought you were a lifer. Uh, I thought you were going to do your thirty years, you know, and get promoted and this and the other. Um, so after that initial part of the conversation, they then went on to, so what do you do? You know, how, how did you go about doing it? Oh, and, and there were comments like, if I could afford it, I would do it. If it wasn't for the pension, I would I would leave tomorrow. Um, you know, it was a real indicator that people aren't happy, um, but they feel they are handcuffed to the job, handcuffed to the pension, handcuffed to the grind, um, if you like. There's very, in fact, nobody said to me, I'm not leaving, I love this job, I want to do it for the rest of my rest of my service. And that was quite sad. And I found it very difficult not to encourage people. People were coming to me so I, I could talk openly about what I did in the process. Um, but I found it quite difficult when people were saying, you know, this is, this job's burnt me out. Mm-hmm. You know, I, quite, I found it difficult not to say, get out, mm-hmm. go and do something else. Mm-hmm. You know, li- life's too short. Without a doubt. Life's too short and your mental health is too, is too important. Yeah. So when did you start your new role? Uh, also, let's, let's talk, because obviously that will date this. So when did you, uh, how soon after you and I met, yep. did you start your new role? We met in August, and I started at the, on the second of January this year. Incredible. So, so five months from start to finish, um, and you know there was work involved in that five months. There's no two ways about it. You know the the the, the tasks that, that that you set me and the um, and, and all the rest of it. But you know that that for, for me, I was shocked at how quickly that happened. Um, I and, and that was part of what we were saying about the tasks, and you know getting these credentials and the ticky box um, uh, type thing, you know, qualifications. Uh, I was expecting it to be a two-year process, you know, and I, and I was set for a two-year process and five months it was it was done. Started the job on the 2nd of January and, yeah, here I are towards the end of January and, yeah, lovely life. So have you found that transition and how have you found, you know, what have the benefits been so far? I know it's very early days, but yeah. what are the benefits? And we'll talk about, you know, the stuff that you might be missing as well. Yeah. So <coughs> so the, the hardest part of it, I, I thought handing my badge, um, handing my warrant card over was going to be quite hard. But that process with my with my boss was actually quite easy, just slid, slid it across and the fob access to all the police stations. What I found quite difficult was 
actually walking out the gate and hearing the click behind me and realising I can't just go back in there. You know, I've had access to all the police stations in the force um, and that's it now. I, I'm now on Sibby Street. And I just had a little bit of a chuckle to myself, you know, that actually how ridiculous is this? You know, I've been this person for this many years and now I'm no longer that, you know, I'm, I'm now a new person, it's a new me. Mm. Um, so so that, that you know, I, I, I sort of la- laughed at the situation rather than cry um, because I was excited about what I was going into. I, was, I, I wanted to hit the ground running. Um, the, the, the first week in my new job, um, there's a lot of orientation going on. There's a lot of um, meeting hundreds of, hundreds of people um, and trying to get your head around names and where you are and where you are in the building. It's like first, first day at school. That's essentially it. Um, and, uh, yeah, but everybody made it so easy because they were all friendly. Everyone's got a smile on their face. Everyone wants to, wants to meet and greet you. I'm very lucky that this working environment is is so um, it's such a good, clean, open space. The the environment is really geared up for um, geared up well for for the organisation and, and and working here. So yeah, no, it's it's it, the, the first week was strange, but now I'm starting to really realise how much I need to learn. Getting excited about learning it, getting excited about meeting different people and. In meetings, I can start um, engaging in meetings more uh, more now because I'm, I'm understanding the job. Mm-hmm. Have you had any wobbles either from the minute you accepted the job through to sort of where you are now? Uh, so uh, pr- probably the only wobbles I'm having is uh, a little bit of self-doubt's creeped in that can I do this? Can I actually do this? You know, and, and the enormity of the task. But that's... That's on a you know that that goes up and down in in, in waves. One minute I've got it, the next minute I haven't, and uh, I, I imagine that's well. It, it is the same when you change any role in, in in any job. You know, I've only been doing it for three four weeks now, so I can't expect to know it all. I want to know it all. I want to be able to develop my team and uh, and while I'm also trying to develop myself. So yeah, there have been times where I come home and thought actually this is a massive task that I've that I've. I, I'm, I'm taking on here, but I'm not alone. There's people to talk to. I've got somebody like I've got people like yourself that I can just touch base with when I need to. Um, but there's been no major wobbles where I thought, "Oh, have I done the right thing?" I I, I am confident I've done the right thing. Yeah. That might come. Yeah. At some stage, you may, and I know it happened to me as well. It was um, you go through a period. I think when you start this new any new role, where because you don't know what you don't know. You're just sort of bimbling along and you're getting to know people and everything else. But, you know, I, I don't know of anyone that at some stage, as you gather more information, as you know more about what the next job entails, the next role entails, that sort of stuff, you suddenly go through a, wow, and you do get that bit of self-doubt as well. Yeah. And you sort of go, well, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm not sure about this. And, and, you know, so, you know, expect it, but just drive through it because you come out the other side and it is well worth it. Yeah. You know, the, the opportunities are incredible. And, and um how about things like security? Because obviously with the, with the police, we've got that job security. You know, unless you really screw up, yeah. you're there for life. Yeah. Um, has that entered your mind at all? Because obviously it's a different working environment. You know, you, you, could, you could potentially, there might be redundancies. Whatever might happen yeah. could potentially happen that you have been in that environment before. I, I think, I think um, the job, job security and pension are the two handcuffs. And I call them handcuffs because they are, 
they do tie you to staying into the police. And whether it's a cultural thing or um, it, it is tangible, it is real. That you know, there is a it is a great pension. But but how I how I look at it is um, in the police force. Uh, the structure is like a pyramid. So the higher up you go, the less opportunity there is, and the more people fighting for the position. When you come out of uh, the, the the police organisation that you're in, uh, into into an organisation like I've, I've I've entered, that pyramid it doesn't quite turn up or turn upside down. But there's certainly all of a sudden there there are so many opportunities horizontally or or vertically uh, for me, and that is that is one of the fundamentals of why a i chose this organization but b i wanted to i wanted to move on from the police because it definitely narrowed the opportunities um and uh, and, and that sort of thing for, for career progression in whichever way as i say sideways or upwards um yeah sorry i've lost the train of thought. no no i think that's a that's a you you've absolutely nailed it and i think the, the really important thing for people to remember is that you know within policing really it, it's difficult to, you can be a DC, you can move into some area, you can be a PC, you can move into another area. You're a project manager now. Your project management skills are transferable into any organisation, into any type of project management role. And so actually your opportunities are far greater yeah. as a result of leaving. And so, okay, we might not have that those handcuffs, um, which is sort of called security, yeah. but those handcuffs that you've got within policing. But the opportunities for you are so much greater now. And I know it, you know, I'm doing things now that I never for one split second yeah. thought I could get involved in just five years ago. You know, it's almost just coming up to five years since I retired. Yeah. And the stuff I'm doing now bears no resemblance to anything I've ever done previously. But because I took that step and moved on and, and started off as a project manager, and then things have just exploded from that point to the point where I'm now freelancing and doing a you know, Microsoft Office 365 rollout across yeah. a massive organisation. And these... You know, I was, a, I was a skipper, I was a dog handler, I was on the TSG, you know, I'm a grunt. You know, that's, yeah. that's what I do on front line. Um, you know, skipper on the firearms team, that sort of stuff. It's, this is something that I'd never, ever imagined I'd do, so. No, I, and, and I guess, <clears throat> so, so I've had friends who've been made redundant multiple times and it all sounds very scary, the redundancy, this and the other, but actually if you, if you choose a career like project management that you can, that every company needs, you know, there's no company that doesn't need a project manager or a change manager of, mm-hmm. uh, in, in some description. If you can choose a job like that, you know, as soon as you start looking at, uh, at job adverts, you realise quite how how diverse you can be as a project manager or, or you, you know, you can go across any, whichever company organisation that, that, that you're interested in. Um, you you should you know if if you do a good job work hard knuckle down and get on with it you 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 shouldn't be ever unemployed you know out out of a job for 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 any length of time and i guess that's what worries people in the police you know you you can't get made redundant but really why why are you worried about that if you're if you work hard and have got good the right work ethic uh, and you understand how to deal with people then you shouldn't be worried about uh, about that sort of thing because there's there'll always be an opportunity out there yeah completely agree um, so even in the short term, the benefits that you've you've noticed so far. Yeah. So so following my divorce, I had limited time, limited access to my children. Sorry, um, and it was predominantly weekends and uh, and and set nights during the week. Um, so 
uh, working in the police, obviously, they, you know, your shift pattern can get changed at the drop of a hat or your rest days can get cancelled. So my opportunity to see my children really diminished and I was really struggling to connect with them. Um, so straight away here, working Monday to Friday, it isn't for everyone, doesn't work for everyone. I do miss the, the rest days during the week when everyone else is working and you're um, doing what you need to do. Um, but I can see my kids whenever I want and every weekend if I want to. And it's absolute, that, that, that's turned around. Um, my sleep pattern's improved. I'm, I'm less tired, less stressed. Um, there is stress in, every, in any job. And I know it's building here because we, you know, we've got a big project on at the moment. Um, but it's a different type of stress. And, it's, and you deal with stress differently when you're properly rested <laughs> and, you're, uh, and, you, and you have a proper routine, I think. Mm. Um, so those are probably the main two things. I've got my work-life balance right already. Uh, and that's something that I'm really enjoying um, for sure. Um, and yeah, I, I just feel more myself, feel more alive, feel more up for the challenges that are, that are ahead. You've also... Um just recently uh, enrolled in higher education as well, haven't you? So it's given you the opportunity to be able to, to do some study as well. Yeah, so. so so around the time that I met, met yourself, actually, I decided to uh, um, take on a postgraduate um, degree in business leadership. And it, it, I'm, I'm self-funded, so the police were going to offer me some money towards that, but I decided to self-fund. Again, partly as a, as a tick in the box, but also I've learned loads from that, from that um, degree course. Um, one of the modules was project management, the other is strategic leadership. Both the fundamentals are what I want to do, you know, it's, it, so, so it did work out perfectly. And that's kind of, I've, I've, again, it, it's, whether it's luck or judgment or, or whatever you want to call it, it's just worked out really well. Um, but I think you make your own luck sometimes. Mm. And I think you, the, the timing and take, seizing the opportunities, actually that's something that I really want to mention. So you put me in touch with, uh, with somebody within this organisation and a less confident me may have put it off, may have not gone, may, may have not turned up or whatever, but I just pushed myself to do it. So as you know, all, all these um, ducks were in, the, in, in a line, if you like, if I missed out one of those ducks, I may not have. It may not have been as smooth as it actually happened. So, um, don't procrastinate. Take the advice, and you know, just don't put put things off. Go and do it, and it's not as bad as you think it's going to be. It's actually far better than you can possibly imagine. Amazing, and stepping outside your comfort zone as well. Stepping out, but that, that's that's kind of what I mean. You know, mm. you're, you you when when you step outside your comfort zone. You know, you've got to, just got to remember what's the worst that can happen. You just meet somebody for a coffee. What's the worst that can happen? You might spill your coffee down your lap or whatever. But, but in terms of the actual conversation, you know, it's it, that, that's all it is. You know, you're just being yourself. Bring right. yourself and see what happens. Um, any last uh, words of wisdom? Uh, so again, take the advice. See, see somebody, and I would definitely recommend yourself, Andy. And I appreciate we're sitting here, um, but you you've been there and you've done it so so take your t you know seek out these people network listen to the advice that they're giving you it's up to you if you take it or not but you know take those steps do the tasks um and really have confidence in your own ability that you are wanted you your skills are necessary to any organization and you're a valuable asset and you will be a valuable asset to the next place Fantastic. And, you know, I, I know I've said this to you plenty of times as well, but I am so honoured to have been 
involved in in watching you go from that first meeting that we had where you really had no idea what you wanted to do to take it all the way through to actually you know, really enjoying what you're doing in those early days and you know there's a bit of overwhelm and stuff but you know I, I think we'll, we'll get get you on in 12 months time and see how things are progressing and uh, and how you feel then as well because it's it's been an absolute honor to, to be part of your journey so can I just say one last thing about the Blue Lighters Network? Yeah, um, sorry to interrupt. No, what, 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 you've, what you've done there is absolutely fantastic. Um, and it's a real eye-opener that people can be on a social space and positive. Yeah. And, that, uh, and that is, that's down to the way you set it up, um, and that is all, but it's also down to the people within the, within the network. Um, and, it needs, it, you know, if, we could, if you can maintain that or we can maintain that as a group, as a network... Um, then really good things will get, uh, you know, are, are, have already come from this, but will continue to come. Uh, and I'm more than happy to help anyone if anyone wants to get in touch with me, um, like yourself, if, you know, just to explain a little bit more about what we've gone through. Fantastic. More than Thanks. Happy to help. That's really kind of you. Thank you. The um, What's the best way of getting in touch with you? And you're on LinkedIn. I'm on LinkedIn, yeah, that's probably the best way to, to yeah. get in touch. Yeah, and also through the Blue Light Leavers group, I guess, as well. Yes, yeah, yeah. that's right. Yeah. So obviously we've got the, the private Facebook group and... You're very welcome to join if you're not a member there. So it's uh, facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash blue light levers. And obviously you can come and join us there. But Paul, what an amazing interview. Love that story. And uh, honestly, I'm so happy to, to see you got all the way through there. And, and you're going to absolutely smash it without a shadow of a doubt. Thank you so much. Thanks for your time, mate. Brilliant. What a fantastic interview that was with Paul. It was great spending time with him today. And as I said earlier, I'm just so honored to have been able to help him and support him through the process. Um, now, as I said earlier as well, you can access the webinar via the um, link in the show notes, and that's free training based on the sort of system that I, that I take people through um, from start to finish. You'll get some real um, benefit from that, I'm sure. And don't forget, you can join the uh, Blue Light Levers Facebook group, which is facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash Blue Light Levers. Look forward to seeing you there. Speak to you again soon. Bye-bye for now.